Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. It is Veterans Day, and so we're going to pay tribute to veterans who have served our nation. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I want you to also know that in the second hour, we're going to share a, a Jerry Stewart Veterans Day special, The Fight to survive. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program. I should also mention that America began with the Mayflower Compact, and today marks the anniversary of that document. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Well, as you know, we set aside Veterans Day to honor the high price of sacrifice paid by generations of soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coast Guardsmen, among them uh, more than 41 million veterans who have served our nation since the American Revolution, who've carried forward the banner of liberty since the first shots were fired at Lexington and Concord. Well, millions of American patriots have for generations honored their sacred oaths to support and defend the liberty that was endowed by our creator as affirmed by the Declaration of Independence and enshrined in our Constitution. I just want to emphasize that, uh, that fact, endowed by our creator. This is not a a function of the state. It is endowed to us, this liberty that we have enjoyed by our creator. Now, the state is to some degree a custodian of that, but they are not the um, uh, the creator of that liberty. Anyway, our National Veterans Day uh, observance, it originated on Armistice Day. It marked the end of World War One. the Armistice Commonwealth. Uh, it was a commemoration to honor veterans of World War One. On November 11th, 1921, an unknown American soldier from the First World War was buried in Arlington National Cemetery in the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in recognition of World War I veterans and in conjunction with the cessation of hostilities at 1100 on 11 November 1918, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. Well, Veterans Day is observed by a moment of silence and prayer at the 11th hour. Well, in the years that have followed, the remains of three additional warriors have been laid to rest at the tomb, one each from World War II, the Korean and the Vietnam Wars. And in 2021, rather, observance marked the historic 100th anniversary of that solemn first internment. Well, inscribed on the tomb of the unknown soldier are the words, here lies in honored glory, an American soldier known but to God. Well, in 1921, on November 11th, President Warren G. Harding stated, On the threshold of eternity, many a soldier, I can well believe, wondered how his ebbing blood would color the streams of human life, flowing on after his sacrifice. Standing today on hallowed ground, it is fitting to say that his sacrifice and that of the millions dead shall not be in vain. End quote. He then called on those present to join him in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. Well, President Harding requested all citizens indulge in a period of silent thanks to God for these valorous lives and of supplication for his divine mercy on our beloved country. Well, in 1924, at the monument to the American Expeditionary Forces, President Calvin Coolidge stated, and I'm quoting, they did not regard it as a national or personal opportunity for gain or fame or glory, but as a call to sacrifice for the support of humane principles and spiritual ideas. If anyone doubts the depth and sincerity of the attachment of the American people to their institutions and government, If anyone doubts the sacrifices which they have been willing to make in behalf of those institutions and for what they believe to be the welfare of other nations, let them gaze upon this monument and other like memorials that have been reared in every quarter of our broad land. Let them look upon the representative gatherings of our veterans and let them remember that America has dedicated itself to the service of God and man, end quote. Moving ahead to 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, former Supreme Allied Commander of World War II, signed legislation formally changing Armistice Day to Veterans Day. Eisenhower wrote, Let us solemnly remember the sacrifices of all those who fought so valiantly on the seas, in the air, and on foreign shores to preserve our heritage of freedom, and let us uh, reconsecrate ourselves to the task of promoting and enduring peace so that their efforts shall not have been in vain. Eisenhower declared all the history of American of America rather bears witness to this truth out of faith in God and through faith in themselves as his children. Our forefathers designed and built this Republic. We remember the picture of the father of our country on his knees at Valley Forge, seeking divine guidance in the cold gloom of a bitter winter. Thus, Washington gained strength to lead to independence, a nation dedicated to the belief that each of us is divinely endowed with indestructible rights. We remember, too, that three-fourths of a century later, on the battle-torn field of Gettysburg, and in the silence of many a wartime night, Abraham Lincoln recognized that only under God Could this nation win a new birth of freedom? By the millions, we speak prayers, we sing hymns, and no no matter what their words may be, their spirit is the same. In God we trust. End quote. Of American patriots, General Douglas MacArthur declared in his notable May 1962 address to West Point cadets, The soldier, above all other men, is required to practice the greatest act of religious training, sacrifice. In battle and in the face of danger and death, he discloses those divine attributes, uh, attributes rather, which his maker gave when he created man in his own image. No physical courage and no brute instinct can take the place of divine help, which alone can sustain him. However horrible the incidents of war may be, the soldier who is called upon to offer and to give his life for his country is the noblest deployment, the noblest development of humankind. My estimate of him was formed on the battlefields many, many years ago, and has never changed. I regarded him then as I regard him now, as one of the world's noblest figures, not only as one of the finest military characters, but also as one of the most stainless. His name and his fame are the birthright of every American citizen. In his youth and strength, his love and loyalty, he gave all that mortally can give. He needs no eulogy from me or from any other man. He has written his own history and written it in red on his enemy's breast. But then I think of his patience under adversity, of his courage under fire, and of his modesty in victory. I am filled with an emotion 
of admiration I cannot put into words. He belongs to the history as furnishing one of the greatest examples of successful patriotism. He belongs to posterity as the instructor of future generations in the principles of liberty and freedom. He belongs to the present, to us, by his virtues and by his achievements, duty, honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, what you will be. They are your rallying point to build courage when courage seems to fail, to regain faith when there seems to be little cause for faith, to create hope when hope becomes forlorn. He went on from there, but I need to take a break. We're acknowledging and tributing, um, giving tribute rather to veterans on this day in which we remember. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our second hour, Jerry Stewart's Veterans Day special, The Fight to Survive. We're talking a bit about the veterans who have served our nation from its very beginning. Of such sacrifice, 19th century philosopher John Stuart Mill in his essay, The Contest in America, wrote, War is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. The decayed and degraded state of moral and patriotic feeling, which thinks nothing worth a war, is worse. A man who has nothing which he cares more about than he does about his personal safety is a miserable creature who has no chance of being free unless made and kept so by the exertions of better men than himself. Well, it is a disgraceful irony that to this day such miserable creatures uh, use their public platforms to dishonor the sacrifices of generations of patriotic veterans who have defended their freedom. Some who returned home to experience less freedom than they fought uh, to preserve elsewhere. Well, regarding freedom, recall this observation from Army veteran Charles M. Province. It is the soldier, not the minister, who has given us freedom of religion. It is the soldier, not the reporter, who has given us freedom of the press. It is the soldier, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. It is the soldier, not the campus organizer, who has given us freedom to protest. It's the soldier, not the lawyer, who has given us the right to a fair trial. It is the soldier, not the politician, who has given us the right to vote. It is the soldier who salutes the flag, who serves beneath the flag, and whose coffin is draped by the flag, who allows the protester to burn the flag. At one point in their lives, every veteran wrote a blank check made payable to the people of the United States of America for an amount up to and including their life. To genuinely demonstrate your gratitude to our military veterans and those still serving, our fellow American patriots who have and continue to defend the liberty we enjoy, here's a suggestion. Strive to be first and foremost an American citizen worthy of their sacrifice. President Reagan uh, warned, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them to do the same. For one day, we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States of America when men were free. He also declared peace fails when we uh, forget what we stand for. It fails when we forget that our republic is based on firm principles, that with them we are the last best hope of man. Peace is only maintained and won by those who have clear eyes and a brave mind. In memory of those who gave the last full measure of devotion, may our efforts to achieve lasting peace gain strength. Mighty men of valor, men trained for war, who could handle a shield and spear and 
whose faces were like the faces of lions. That's a quote from First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 8. Well, on this Veterans Day and every day of the year, may God bless our men and women in uniform who have stood and continue to stand in harm's way for their steadfast devotion to duty, honor, and country. We, the American people, offer them and their families our humble gratitude and heartfelt thanks. It is with eternal gratitude that we remember those who have paid the ultimate price in service to our nation. This Veterans Day. Well, as I mentioned, this is also the day when America began with the Mayflower Compact. Well, America's first great governmental document, it was known as the Mayflower Compact, was signed on this day in 1620 by the adult male members of the Pilgrims before disembarking from their ship and voting to establish a new form of government in the New World. The Mayflower Compact uh, clearly stated what they uh, had undertaken was for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That's a direct quote. This agreement established the ideas of self-government through the laws made by the people. Well, after 66 days at sea, at sea rather, including sailing through some treacherous storms, the Mayflower finally reached America. The Pilgrims had intended to settle in the northern part of the existing Virginia colony and had tried diligently to reach that region. But fierce winds providentially blew them far north to a region completely outside Virginia's jurisdiction. They finally put ashore at Cape Cod in the Massachusetts area, and they found an empty and uninhabited location in which to settle. When the pilgrims came ashore, they fell to their knees. They thanked God, reaffirming their continued reliance upon him and bringing the Bible-based principles that became the seeds of the greatest and freest nation the world has ever known, at least ultimately free for all. Well, the core members of the pilgrims immigrant group were separatists. They were members of Puritan sect uh, that had split from the Church of England, the only legal church in England at the time. Well, other in, others rather in the group had remained a part of the Church of England, so not all the pilgrims shared the same religion. However, the pilgrims came together as a group of uh, citizens who would be governed by just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, and constitutions and offices from time to time, as shall be thought most convenient for the general good of the colony, under which we promise all due submission and obedience. Well, in 1802, John Quincy Adams described the Mayflower Compact as the only instance in human history of that positive original social compact. And it uh, is popularly believed to have influenced the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. The full text of the Mayflower Compact can be read. I won't bother to do that now, but it is uh, certainly worth looking back on as it is significant to the uh, formation of the republic that we now enjoy. Well, in other news, Vice President Kamala Harris is being panned for using a French accent while speaking to French scientists while touring a Parisian lab. Now, I have to admit, it's tempting when you're speaking with people with an accent. It's tempting to. My dad used to do that. We'd go to a, a restaurant and he would take on the accent of wherever we happened to be. Now, he was not the vice president of the United States on an official <laughs> Uh, state visit, but nonetheless, I I get it. But the vice president went viral following her visit to a COVID-19 lab in Paris for appearing to use what critics described as a French accent. Well, during her overseas trip to France, she toured the Institut Pasteur. She spoke alongside a group of scientists about the U.S.-France Alliance on Scientific Research. She also made comments about how politicians should operate more like scientists. Uh, She then pivoted to what politicians do, mocking how they always stick to the plan. 
or in her case, the plan um, they uh, campaigned on, but repeatedly appeared to change her dialect whenever she uh, used that phrase. In government, we campaign with the plan, uh, the vice president said, uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. And then the environment is such we're expected to defend the plan. Even when the first time we roll it out, there may be some glitches and it's time to reevaluate and then do it again, end quote. Well, the vice president's remarks were panned as cringeworthy on social media, which isn't necessarily a reliable source to tell you how things go. The vice president has been widely seen as the standard bearer for the Democratic Party in 2024 if the president, uh, President Biden, doesn't run for a second term. But polls have her viewed even more negatively than her boss. A recent USA Today Suffolk University poll showed Harris having a 28 percent approval rating among Americans, which is 10 points below the president. In other developments, Mike Pompeo called the vice president's attempt at a French accent more than embarrassing. And the vice president delivered remarks at a left wing donor summit focused on critical race theory, which we now know doesn't actually exist. Prosecutors could be barred from uh, retrying Kyle Rittenhouse if prosecutors intentionally caused a mistrial. And there's some speculation as to whether or not the prosecutors who weren't doing so well were attempting to do just that. Kyle Rittenhouse uh, spokesman slammed candidate Joe Biden for casting the defendant as a white supremacist. This was just moments after the shooting event took place. The Rittenhouse trial prosecutor may have made a fatal error. We'll only see. I think closing arguments took place this afternoon. SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket blasted off from NASA's Kennedy Space Center. SpaceX's uh, rocket blasted from uh, the Kennedy Center in Cape Cod, uh, I should say Cape Canaveral, Florida, uh, Wednesday evening after repeated delays. The crew, Dragon uh, Capsule, I guess that's what it's called, which sat atop the Falcon 9 rocket before separation. We'll take the crew three uh, expedition to the International Space Station, uh, replacing the crew two of NASA, European and Japanese astronauts who returned to Earth on Monday. Crew three was initially supposed to launch early Halloween morning, but it was delayed because of bad weather and unspecified medical issues among the astronauts. On board the mission are NASA astronauts Kayla Barron, 34, Raja uh, Chari, 44, Thomas Moshburn, 61, and Matthias Maurer, 51, of the European Space Agency. The crew is expected to rise at the ISS roughly 24 hours after liftoff. Their mission, which will include science experiments maintaining the ISS and spacewalks, will last about six months. Wednesday's launch comes about four um, after four astronauts returned to Earth on Monday, riding the sp- with SpaceX to end a 200-day space station mission that began last spring. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on this Veterans Day. Well, Virginia Galactic sold 100 commercial space flight seats for $450,000 a piece. Chris, were you in on that? Did you? You didn't purchase that? Virgin Orbit will launch its third flight in December, double the, the pace in 2022. Uh, Bezos Blue Origin lost a NASA suit, which uh, is a win for Musk's SpaceX. So the uh, space race is on, only in the private sector. Peloton is being accused of slamming the brakes on the viral anti-Biden uh, rallying cry. And Hunter Biden appears at a New York City art gallery displaying his paintings with his wife, uh, Melissa, and as you might recall, it's rather controversial. They're selling for big bucks, and 
some dispute whether or not he's actually an artist. But that's in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. A federal judge has overturned Governor Abbott's mask mandate ban for schools. And Elon Musk sold about $5 billion in Tesla shares. Larry Kudlow points out that uh, we have too much money chasing too few goods. I don't know about you, but I, I don't have too much money. I don't know who those people are, but I'd like to be introduced. Uh, Sony cut its PlayStation 5 production outlook due to a component snag. So if you were hoping to find one of those for the uh, for Christmas, you might want to check it out sooner than later. Senator Manchin plans to uh, punt Biden's Build Back Better agenda over skyrocketing uh, inflation, which will further infuriate the uh, progressives and his party. In a thread, Tom Cotton points out President Biden's first action was to block the Keystone Pipeline. Next, he ended oil and gas leases on federal land. Then he appointed anti-energy progressives to his cabinet. These actions reduce our supply and drove up the cost of energy. Jim Garrity points out even with all of the focus on education in Virginia, exit polls still found that the single most important issue to voters was the economy. And if you listen to the economists we're nowhere near the end of this current painful bout with inflation a judge shall rebuke the prosecution in the rittenhouse trial from the story schroeder accused binger of inappropriately trying to introduce testimony that he had earlier said he was not inclined to include Rittenhauer's um, attorney, Mark Richards, also suggested Binger uh, might be attempting to provoke a mistrial. I was astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. The, the uh, judge said to the attorney, the New York Times wasted little time going after the judge, claiming he has acknowledged that some topics raised in pretrial hearings are new to him and said that until this case, he hadn't heard of the Proud Boys, which had offered to support Rittenhouse. Seth Mandel says dropping uh, opposition on the judge um, tells you which way people think the trial is going. Well, we'll see what actually happens. I believe closing arguments took place earlier today. Rittenhouse is the 17-year-old who had an AK-40, what was it, an AK-15, AK-14. He had a really big, long AR-15. Thank you, Chris. Uh, and he took it to, uh, as he says, to protect um, uh, the neighborhood from rioters who the day before and days before had trashed much of the city. Anyway, I'll just leave it at that. A new children's book series highlights heroes of liberty, such as Ronald Reagan and Thomas Sowell. Um, this thread from Heroes of Liberty editor and board member Bethany Mandel illustrates the problem parents face in this market and why she's so determined to change it by providing books that actually affirm the nation's history and heroes. A Black Lives Matter he- uh, leader rather threatened bloodshed if New York City Mayor-elect Adams brings anti-crime units back. Now, leaders of the city's Black Lives Matter movement on Wednesday threatened riots and bloodshed in the streets if Mayor-elect Eric Adams reverses the abolition of the NYPD's controversial anti-crime unit. Now, he is himself African-American and has a law enforcement background. Uh, threatening mass violence is a uh, if a newly elected black mayor doesn't obey your policy demands totally normal behavior from a totally mainstream activist group. Dan McLaughlin, po- uh, McLaughlin points out anti anti crime uh, from Ariel Davidson. No more letting riots dictate our way of life. Enough of this nonsense. The line between activism and terrorism continues to thin. Well, Florida is considering withdrawing from OSHA oversight due to the vaccine mandate. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has called state lawmakers to a special session next week to consider proposals pushing back against COVID-19 vaccine mandates for workers imposed by the Biden administration and employers. One option being weighed is whether the state should withdraw from oversight of the Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration after the agency issued a regulation at the president's behest, ordering businesses with 100 employees or more to force their employees to get inoculated or submit to weekly coronavirus tests. A pharmacy in Virginia administered the wrong COVID vaccine to young children. Okay, this is every parent's nightmare. One mom said, I had this pit in my stomach that, like, what did they just do to my daughter? So you might want to check if you are if you've decided you want to have your children vaccinated, check and recheck that you're getting what um, uh, what you're uh, bargaining for. During staff shortages, Oklahoma teachers are being fired for not complying with the mask policy. And the Oklahoma Secretary of Education says that is outrageous. Meanwhile, bad teachers who wear masks have job safety. A court overturned their school mask mandate in Pennsylvania, overturning the State Department of Health's mandate, ordering masks at public and private schools. And the New Jersey Senate president has conceded to Republican truck driver Ed Durr. You probably thought that had already happened. The result of Tuesday's election are in. All votes have been fairly counted. And I, of course, accept the results, Sweeney said during a press conference at the State House. I want to congratulate Mr. Durr and wish him the best of luck, added Sweeney, who has served as New Jersey State Senate president since 2010 when asked what happened to upend up in the race in the state's uh, third legislative district sweeney replied it was a red wave well the u.s and china have signed an agreement to well work together on climate change wink wink and the u.s postal service paycheck program favored by bernie sanders and aoc started without congressional authorization some are arguing it's a gateway to socialized banking We'll keep an eye on that. The Chamber of Commerce says sunset provision gimmicks in the reconciliation bill cover up to cover up over one trillion dollars in spending. And Washington Post fact check admits it was wrong for their knee jerk defense of Pete Buttigieg's racist um, bridge comment. Apparently, even the bridges and roads are racist. Inanimate objects. Uh, Inflation has taken away all the wage gains for workers and then some. And in a show of kindness, while inflation rose by 6.2 percent, the IRS only raised the tax bracket threshold by 3 percent. Thank you, IRS. Rittenhouse sobbed on the stand at his murder trial. His attorney sought a mistrial and the judge uh, tore into the prosecution with an aggressive tongue lashing over questioning. Prosecutors sought to criminalize constitutional self-defense. That irked the judge. And the judge's God bless the USA ringtone went off during the trial. Progressives demanded a mistrial over the ringtone. By the way, this judge was appointed by a uh, Democrat. Facebook is not showing search results for the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Well, a new um, uh, BLM leader is warning black uh, mayor-elect Eric Adams of bloodshed and riots and blue lives uh, protect black lives. A USC professor is refusing to remove a Blue Lives Matter flag from his office door. A judge approved $626 million settlement in the Flint, Michigan water suit. And New Jersey Senate President Steve Sweeney has conceded to the truck driver. Hunter Biden made his uh, his painting debut at a New York City gallery despite ethics concerns. And is Joe Manchin about to uh, tank the reconciliation bill over inflation? Well, stay tuned. China's Communist Party has given Xi Jinping the same status as Mao Zedong. It's a big deal. He will be the leader there for life.
Well, on this day in history, 1620, pilgrims aboard the Mayflower anchored off Massachusetts signed a compact calling for a body politic. 1831, former slave Nat Turner, who led a violent insurrection for his freedom, is executed in Jerusalem, Virginia. 1909, President William Howard Taft accepts the recommendation of a joint Army-Navy board that Pearl Harbor in the Hawaiian Islands be made the principal U.S. naval station in the Pacific. 1918, fighting in World War One ends as the Allies in Germany signed the armistice. 1921, the remains of an unidentified American service member are interred in a tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery in a ceremony presided over by President Warren Harding. 1966, Gemini 12 blasts off on a four-day mission with astronauts James Lovell and Edwin Buzz Aldrin Jr. aboard. It is the 10th and final flight of NASA's Gemini program. 1972, the U.S. Army turns over its base at Long Bend to the South Vietnamese, symbolizing the end of direct U.S. military involvement in the Vietnam War. 1987, following the failure of two Supreme Court nominations, President Ronald Reagan announces his choice of Judge Anthony Kennedy, who would go on to win confirmation. 1992, the Church of England votes to ordain women as priests. 1998, President Clinton orders warships, planes, and troops to the Persian Gulf as he lays out his case for a possible attack on Iraq. Iraq, meanwhile, shows no sign of backing down from its refusal to deal with U.N. weapons inspectors. 2014, Iran and the United States blame each other for the failure to reach agreement on a deal to limit Iran's uranium enrichment in exchange for an easing of Western sanctions. And finally, on this day in history, 2018, the annual Pacific Rim Summit sticks to its tradition of promoting free trade and closer regional ties, shrugging off the America first approach brought to the summit by President Trump. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. And we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our second hour today, we'll hear a Jerry Stewart Veterans Day special, The Fight to Survive. Well, the State Department is concerned about the breach of a compound and is demanding the release of hostages. Well, the State Department is working to secure the release of several kidnapped hostages taken by Iran-backed terrorists just a day after the militant group stormed the U.S. embassy facility in Sana'a. That's in Yemen. U.S. officials told the uh, Washington Free Beacon um, uh, earlier today, well, a group of Houthi rebels reportedly stormed the U.S. compound on Wednesday, seeking large quantities of equipment and materials. According to reports translated by the Middle East Media Research Institute, the raid comes just five days after the Houthis kidnapped Yemeni nationals who work for the U.S. embassy. The alleged raid comes after the Houthis kidnapped three Yemeni nationals affiliated with the embassy from one of the employees' private residences in Sana'a. On the 5th of this month, at least 22 other Yemenis were kidnapped by the Houthis in recent weeks, most of whom worked on the security staff guarding the embassy grounds. Well, the State Department confirmed to the Free Beacon that the Yemeni staffers were being detained without explanation and that the Iran-backed militant stole property after breaching the American facility in the area which housed U.S. embassy staff prior to the suspension of the operations in 2015. The United States has been unceasing in its diplomatic efforts to secure their release, the State Department said. The majority of the detained have been released, but the Houthis continue to detain additional Yemeni employees of the embassy. Those still being held are detained without explanation, and we call for their immediate release, the State Department spokesman said. No word about Americans in Afghanistan. 
President Xi Jinping delivered the first doctrine of Communist Party history by a Chinese leader in 40 years, giving him a mandate to potentially rule for life as a major meeting wraps up in Beijing. Well, the approval of the landmark document was announced in a communique today, the official Xinhua News Agency reported, as the four-day um, plenum at a military hotel in Beijing closed. Only Mao Zedong and Deng Xiaoping have uh, authored a so-called historic resolution, and both went on to dominate party politics until they died. The full text of the resolution hasn't been released yet. The Central Committee called on the country to unite around the party within Xi at the core, implement his doctrine to strive for party goals set through 2049, and realize the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation, the communique said, according to the news outlet. Now, they're looking ahead to 2049. Uh, we're looking ahead to the midterm elections, getting the group of 400 mostly male party elites, including state leaders, military chiefs, provincial bosses, top academics to endorse his vision sends a pretty strong signal that G has the power base to clench a precedent defying third term. Well, still, the communique also gave nods to the contributions of former leaders like Mao Zedong, Deng Xiaoping, Jiang Zemin and uh, Hu Jintao. An indication that China's leaders had uh, leader rather had yet to fully eclipse the status of his more recent predecessors among the party elite. While the readout suggested that Xi's resolution was largely backward looking, celebrating past successes without mentioning traumas such as the Cultural Revolution. But it also baked some of his uh, key policies into an important document that is now a pillar of party history, describing Xi as central to meeting goals that look ahead across the next three decades. On the economy, for example, the Commonwealth highlighted Xi's common prosperity drive to curb inequalities and efforts to promote self-reliance. Uh, science and technology as key goals. It also called on the party to promote quality development, a phrase generally used to refer to economic policies that place a lower priority on the speed of economic expansion and higher emphasis on sectors such as high-tech manufacturing. Well, the communique's message was that China is starting the next 100 years in the best possible way, with President Xi at the core and Xi Jinping thought as the guiding ideology. Well, this week's events, the current Central Committee's sixth full session or plenum is one of seven major meetings in China's five year political cycle and regarding the uh, as the most important. It represented the last chance for horse trading before the twice a decade party Congress, which the communique said would be held the second half of 2022. Well, for those who swore an oath to defend this country, today is, of course, a very special day for reflection. For many Americans, it's no different from any other day. They're going to wake up, go to work, eat dinner, watch football, and, well, go about their business. But for those who once put on the uniform and swore an oath to defend this country, today is a very special day for them and for reflection. Army veterans are remembering their time standing on the front lines praying for survival. Navy and Coast Guard veterans think of the weeks and months spent at sea, replaying the memories of manning ships with uh, uh, determination as they uh, patrolled waters near and far. It was unfaltering. Those who served in the Air Force are reliving the most intense days of training, preparing for the day that they would have to use this combat knowledge to defeat an enemy 
of freedom. Marine veterans are recalling the battlefields of Iwo Jima, Okinawa, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, while their loved ones awaited for that next letter back home. To all these veterans who served the United States military in any capacity, some overseas, some in the reserves, from the depths of the sea to the open skies, this was their day. This was our time to acknowledge them. To every American citizen, this is heroism. I think a man that was shot seven times yet still came back to serve. Uh, I think of the dedicated soldier that chose to stay and fight with his battalion long after earning his retirement. I think of the uh, shotgun pellets that were removed from the face of a brave Navy SEAL and the pure grit, resiliency and sacrifice of so many. And then why veterans dedicate their lives to this kind of service and whether or not those of us who have never been called upon or had the opportunity to serve in such a way fully appreciate and embrace the sacrifices made on our behalf. It's not a perfect nation. It's not a perfect military. But there are individuals who paid the ultimate price, who sacrificed their convenience, their plans, and risked the possibility of never returning home for the sake of the nation. Well, this nation is a shining city on the hill, as Ronald Reagan put it. As long as we continue to honor our service members for defending our nation with the dignity and strength that they never cease to emulate. Freedom will continue to persevere and our nation will continue to be a beacon of hope and a shining example to the rest of the world. That depends not just on what has been done in the past, but what we do in the present and moving forward. Veterans Day reminds us that this freedom cannot be taken for granted and the sacrifices it cost our veterans can never be forgotten, although we are quick, quick to forget. Ensuring that military service never becomes a thankless job must be a top priority for policymakers and military leaders alike. But it's part of our responsibility as well. Those who are the recipients of their sacrifice. As we remember the importance of honoring our veterans, we have to also remember the importance of protecting and taking care of these men and women after they return home. While no act of Congress could ever repay the sacrifices that our veterans have made, I consider it a solemn duty to provide a voice on behalf of citizen soldiers who have served our nation with unmatched courage and commitment. It is an amazing thing to consider. Today, of course, Veterans Day, a day to remember and honor those who served in the U.S. Armed Forces during times of peace and in times of war, and to remember that there are still men and women who at this very moment serve. Again, it was Ronald Reagan who said, We remember those who were called upon to give all a person can give, And we remember those who were prepared to make that sacrifice if it were demanded of them in the line of duty, though it never was. Most of all, we remember the devotion and gallantry with which all of them ennobled their uh, nation um, as they became champions of a noble cause. Some thoughts about those who have and do serve in our country to consider. Well, coming up, we're going to focus our attention on the fight to survive a John Stewart Veterans Day special. So stay with us. News and traffic up next. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.